in the first, you know, 24 hours to 48 hours, we had generated nearly $9,000 in sales. At Founder, we're on a mission to democratize entrepreneurial education and on our way to building one of the largest online schools in the world for entrepreneurs. We interview some of the greatest founders of our generation to find out how they did it so you can too. However, in this series, we're doing things a little differently. We're working with our own students in our community who are deep within the process of building our own successful business. These are the founders of tomorrow who've stood where you are and are on the way to building the business of their dreams. Now, before we jump in, our lawyers have told us to tell you this. Of course, we can't guarantee you'll have the results like some of our stories are about to share in this show. And as you know, with any business, it's a lot of hard work in addition to completing any online course. And with that said, welcome to From Zero to Founder. Molly here. I'm Founders Community Manager and welcome back to the series From Zero to Founder. Today I'm sitting down and speaking to one of our Start and Scale students, Kirsty Bronner, about her business, The Booty Co. She managed to go from zero to about 19k in just a week as a busy mum of three. She's got such an inspiring story and I'm so excited to sit down with her today. So let's get into it. Hey Kirsty, thanks so much for joining me. Why not start by introducing yourself and telling me a little bit about your business? Okay. Um, I'm Kirsty. I'm founder of The Booty Co. Um, we make skincare specifically for your butt and thighs because your butt and thighs have different problems in comparison to your face. So we really focus on those problems that women and males um, go through. Interesting. And I have seen your products been popping up everywhere. So I'm really excited to, to hear more. But what really kind of stood out to you in terms of when you wanted to make this product? Is it something that you experienced in the past personally? Um, Look, I think to answer that question, yeah, like the the ball had been rolling in my mind probably maybe close to eight years, I reckon. Um, I'd originally worked in beauty therapy. Um, I've had children before, so, you know, you're constantly putting on weight, losing weight, and you experience a lot of different things with your body in those areas as well. Um, I don't think that's really talked about either. And then I moved on to doing uh, cosmetic nursing and working with people that specifically had Brazilian butt lifts. Um, And during that time, I was working with patients post-operative, which meant they they were quite open to ask me questions and what sort of things they should use to fix certain problems. Um, And I found myself answering that question a lot and trying to find products for them um, because my background in beauty, they also knew that. And I just found it really difficult to find what they needed. Yeah, no, I think that's great. I think it's, you know, there's many different ways that you actually find yourself creating a business and you found a gap in the market, which I think is incredible. Talk to me more about... The next steps from there, you found that you were, mi- they were missing a product. What were the next steps you took to make this a reality? Um, it's such a long journey, to be honest. It was, it's a really long journey. So I kind of just, I would just write things in my phone for quite some time. I would research ingredients because, um, which is a message I'm in the process of trying to portray at the moment with the Booty Co. It's something that we really need to try and work more on getting across. So there's things like breakouts on your behind actually separate from the acne you get on your face and need different ingredients to be treated properly. Um, And then you have things like 
um, cellulite and stretch marks. And let me just say, there's nothing wrong with cellulite and stretch marks, but I do know quite a number of women want to lessen that outcome or prevent them. And that's okay. And there's nothing wrong with them. We all have it. Um, just some people prefer to lessen the look. You can never completely rid things like stretch marks and cellulite. It is an ongoing battle. But if there's products out there that can help lessen it, people are definitely interested in that. And prevention. Prevention's better than the cure, as we know. And then you have things like I found scrubs weren't dense enough to properly exfoliate that area Um And I found that they would fall everywhere. It was quite messy. And, you know, scrubs are great for stretch marks as well and everything else. They're really good for everything, just your your skin integrity. Um, And, you know, it sort of just raveled out of control with all these ideas. And before I knew it, I had a whole range of what people needed. Um, Yeah, so that was pretty, uh, yeah, so that in itself, the whole thinking of the range was probably maybe three years, yeah, three years so that's a quite a long time to sort of sit on something look at things you know we also want to focus on things like collagen in our behind the elastin um, because as you know as that breaks down it, it sort of sags so we do want to try and help keep it a bit more plump so it's sort of like anti-aging for the booty which I think is incredible and it's definitely something that I hadn't heard prior to seeing your brand pop- popping up and you mentioned ingredients. What was the formulation process like for the Boudicco? It was long. It was very long. It's very long and very intricate. Um, so first you have to find someone, which in itself is difficult because being a startup, the MOQs are quite high. Um, so some people, you know, it's uh, 250 kilos. Some people it's 1,000 kilos per product. Some people it's a minimum of 5,000. And you have to try and find someone that is going to align with your brand. First of all, I wanted to make sure it was made in Australia because I think that in itself in branding is great. People want to know where their products are made. Um, And then if you're abiding by the regulations here in Australia, we have some of the best in the world. So that in itself stands out to people. Again, Australian-made product can be sold on the market really well. Um, So I I did find a manufacturer down in Melbourne. Um, They're fantastic. So what they do is they help you formulate your product. Um, The process of formulation is by no means an easy um, step. It, it really is, and especially if you're doing it by yourself, um, you really have to nail down everything. They want to know the color, the density, the feel, the thickness, like you name it, you need to give them every single thing, what it feels like when you put it on your skin, how fast it absorbs, just everything. And that I found really difficult even after working with a lot of skincare. So I can't imagine how other people feel like they, they want to know everything and it's a back and forward process. So they'll send you the prototype and you're like, no, this isn't thick enough. This is the wrong colour. So this smells off. We can't use this. So it is quite a long process. I think that took us nearly three years, actually. That's how long it is. So I think when you come up with these ideas, you kind of think it's going to be nice and easy, but it is, it's is—it's a really long process to get something right. And I still feel like I haven't got it. Like I'm still like, oh, you know, we should try and do this or maybe we should change that. 
So um, a lot of thought goes into it to make sure it turns out right. And then there's the branding that also goes into making the product. So you really have to think who your target market is in those early stages because certain scents appeal to certain target markets, colours, everything. So when you're formulating, you really do have to take that into consideration and then you obviously have to test the products and that takes time to make sure they work. Um, yeah, that's it's a long process. And then, then you realise the cost, that's the other thing, and then you're like, okay, what can we do and what can't we do? So you really have to have budgets down-packed before you go to them because it, it can be quite costly. No, that's really interesting. Great insight on that too because I'm sure a lot of people listening are kind of at that stage of maybe they have an idea and they're looking for manufacturers. A few points just off uh, what you were just mentioning there. You said how, you know, you do this all by yourself. How did you educate yourself to learn the density, the formula? Like how did you go about learning that? I guess with that, that comes down to my years in beauty and working with skincare. So that definitely helped. Um, But it's really up to you to figure out what ingredients go in the products. You can't just go to them and go, okay, I just want to, you know, a cleanser. And they're like, they're going to, they're going to ask you everything because I, I know from working in this now, they'll ask you if you want any ingredients for marketing purposes, because there's ingredients out there that market really well, but you know, sometimes aren't the best. Um, They'll, they'll ask you what ingredients and what you want those ingredients to do, how you want it to turn out. So you really do have to thoroughly research the ingredients for it to be pulled together. And they'll ask you about the claims you're making. You have to know every claim you're making. And after that point, I'm, I'm not sure you can change it because the claims on the product are made around how the product's made, what ingredients are in it, what they're doing. So that's another thing as well. So you really have to research everything. I found it really hard to figure out the claims because, yeah, there's things you can and can't use. Of course. And I feel like that would be a battle for most in the skincare kind of yeah. industry. And I know through Start and Scale, we have this massive community and there's always new businesses popping up around skincare and they are some of the challenges they face, but there's also sourcing manufacturers. Do you have any tips on how you like sourced in Australia in particular for I beauty? found it really difficult because there isn't much on Google, that's for sure. I think it took me about maybe probably close to 40 different variations of writing stuff in Google to find the right one because the manufacturer I used didn't actually pop up in Google originally. So it was all about Googly and then I'd ring some places and I'd be like, um, you know, their MOQs would be quite high and I'd be like, okay, well, we can't do that. So is there anyone you can recommend? It's also when you talk to people, you always need to make sure um, if you can't work with them, get some insight. Always be willing to ask questions. So do you know anyone I can use? Do you like, and, you know, keep contacts for the future. I think that's really important. Mm, no, that's really great advice because networking is a massive thing in any entrepreneur's journey. And from that, you can find others like you just mentioned. But you also said it took you three years to create, I guess, a product that you were really happy with. Walk me yeah, through yeah. the sample process. How did it How did it look like for the Booty Co? Um, yeah, a fair few samples. I think maybe four or five for each product. But in that time, you also have to trial the product before you go back to them and say no or yes. So that can take time as well. So it's not like 
It doesn't just get delivered to you and you're like, yep, because you want to make sure all your claims are coming through. And, you know, for things like our intimate area gel, so the ingredients in that work by penetrating into the cell, but you don't start to see the difference for at least two weeks because that's how the ingredients work. So you really have to be consistent and try and keep using those products. And that is a process. So you don't just want to do the two weeks. You want to test it for at least three months, at least to make sure your claims are correct. Really, really interesting. And just so everyone listening, how many products do you have at the moment? I have five products. Yes. So we have five products in total at the moment. So we have the booty cleanser, the booty scrub, the booty mask, the booty lotion and the intimate area gel. So five products in total. Interesting. And I think big process to get made. Yeah, which is incredible. And when you were actually going through, okay, yep, we have an idea. We're stuck with it. We're solid. How many products did you launch with? All five. Yep. All five. All the products we have now, we launched with. Um, originally, it was a it was a back and forward thing because of cost. We were only going to start with a few products, but the issue was I wanted it to be a, a range, not an add on. I wanted to sort of identify these issues and have it work as you would your face skincare because obviously when you do your face skincare routine you're treating different things as you go along at different stages so it didn't really make sense to me to just bring one product out or two products out so yeah so it was that was difficult to um working out your budgets and what you can and can't do it it can become quite costly yeah one can only imagine especially going through the process as you mentioned for one product, taking three months testing it, but doing that across five different products, I'm sure yeah. there was a lot of roadblocks. It was, yeah, and then and then it goes into the containers, and it's yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot more than um, just thinking of an idea and getting someone to make it. Um, I can't speak on any other industries, but skincare, yeah, it, it was hard. And how did you go about packaging your products? Obviously, there is an aesthetic that you've built up with your brand being the beautiful pink and white. How did you formulate that experience for those customers that purchased your products? Okay, well, first of all, it all comes down to branding, really. I had an idea in my mind. I wanted people to envision, you know, the beautiful um, lifeguard houses in Miami, the white sands of the Sundays, the nice blue waters in the Sundays. Like when you think of all those things and pull them together, you know, like the beach umbrellas with the pink and white, that was sort of my vision because, I mean, I am a coastal person, but I felt like um, it, it's a really beachy product. Uh, so I wanted to portray that pink, fun, beachy vibe. So when I was making all of this, including the products, I did ensure to stick with my branding the whole way through. And that's sort of how I did it. And even with the uh, containers, after a lot of research, it's really hard to uh, get containers made how you like. And that's another costly process as well, because there's MOQs if you want to do colours and writing and different packaging. That was really hard to source. I found that harder to source than actually getting things manufactured um, for skincare. Wow, really, really interesting. Um, and from, you know, reiterating your idea and really refining it through the process, how did you go about actually trying to have a launch strategy? You're really strong on socials. Did you want to talk to me more about your Instagram tactics? 
Yeah, so I, I, I see a lot written about this and people are always quite curious and uh, definitely have a lot of questions about it. I think first and foremost, you have to be willing to put in the work. Um, you don't just make an Instagram page. Your followers don't just pop up. You have to engage. You have to be there and you have to be active. So what I did is I made an email list straight away. I had that in my bio. I would just, you know, be in and around all the communities on Instagram. I would engage, I would comment, I would chat with people, but none of it, all of it was sincere. It was never put on, it was never fake. And that took some time too. That took, you know, months and months. And every night I would just get on there. Um, if there was someone I felt aligned with my brand, I would follow them, you know, and I'd be commenting all the time. It felt like a little community almost. You're making, you know, e-friends. So, it, yeah, it was just about being sincere and finding your target market on there and just engaging with them, um, which I know a lot of people have a lot of difficulty with, with um, just finding people to start with. I, I just... I, feel like because I was always on Instagram I sort of just had that knack for it so I, I find people do struggle with that but yeah it's just about building a community like Greta says it's building a community um, and yeah just being really sincere to people. Hey there Nathan Chan here CEO and publisher of Founder Magazine. If you're enjoying From Zero to Founder and you want to learn from some of the greatest entrepreneurs of our generation, then I highly recommend you also subscribe and check out the Founder Podcast. We talk to some of the most successful people on the planet to discover how they're building their businesses. So you can take a front row seat as we go deep and we learn from some of the founders of brands like Netflix, Dropbox, Reebok, and so many more, and how they built these companies you can find the Founder Magazine podcast with Nathan Chan on all podcast platforms. Make sure you subscribe. All right, now let's get back into the show. From your influencer strategy, you ended up having quite a great connection with some influencers, correct? Yes. Yeah, so um, again, this, it's so hard, isn't it? You really have to follow these influencers for some time to make sure they align with your brand, um, to make sure their audience aligns with your brand. I so in the beginning, this goes into a, a whole other field, not just me on Instagram. So with the whole marketing strategies in the beginning, when you're creating your budgets, you really need to um, work out what you want to do. And I I wanted a PR agent. So my PR agent deals directly with the bigger influencers and I deal with all the smaller send outs. Um, so, yeah, we use a PR agent as well. And that was always factored into my budget because I found that really important. And I know you've had some pretty big names share your product across Instagram. Is there anyone in particular that really stood out and helped you kind of grow initially in your launch? I really think it's a collective, um, a very collective effort, especially the smaller people, the collective effort with people that aren't generally um influencers just people who are willing to try your product and post about it I think it's a very collective um sort of it's not just one person it takes a lot of people so I I spent hours upon hours with my sister sourcing people messaging them asking if they'd like to try our product I never put any pressure on them um and I probably I probably did 100 to 200 send outs initially. So again, like I said, it, it is the collective effort 
of trying to have people show your product. Um, and the big influencers are great for awareness. They don't often convert, which I think a lot of people also struggle with is that they're like, okay, so why aren't these people converting? Um, it's more than just one person. It, it's a very collective effort to pull something off like this. It, it really is. No, I find that really interesting and, you know, I appreciate the transparency because it is sometimes the micro-influencers that really build a brand because they're not selling to their audience all the time and when they share something it's because they really do love the product, which I think is a great approach that you had. So that's sort of what I found with our packaging and everything. People were just naturally filming their opening. They were naturally posting about the product and we got some really great content off that alone um yeah it's just a collective effort I often see people like oh you know I tried influencers and I tried this you really have to create that awareness before you convert because naturally people are going to be skeptical the first time they see you then people generally I don't think people will buy the first time they see you they might not even buy the second time but by the fifth time they're like okay that this must be something. So it really is that collective effort of trying to source people. And like I said, that in itself is hours upon hours of work, just sourcing people, finding just normal people like you and I that would love to try something different and then they just like it. I think that's really important as well, having just, you know, your target demographic really showing and showcasing their love for it. And from that, were you able to generate lots of user-generated content that you could repurpose on your Instagram yeah, or an ad? We generated a lot of um, user-generated content. Everything you see in our feed with someone is actually user-generated content. That is not anything we've paid for. If there's a person in it, unless it's a, I think we have one or two big influences, we have not paid for any of that. That is just um, generated by people that I do send out really interesting. And from growing, you know, your micro influences and, and your send outs, how were you able to grow your Instagram? Because I feel like you've you poured so much time and energy into it. I'd love for you to share that side of it. Um, that's a difficult question, actually, because I, like I said, it's about being on there, being active and engaging with your audience, coming across genuine. Um, no one likes spammy messages or spammy content, um, comments. And People just love engaging on Instagram. People love it. People love you hyping them up. So, you know, I think it's really important to be genuine, be nice, just get out there and just really dive into it. No one's going to know who you are if you're just sitting there, you know, waiting for people to come to you because it doesn't happen. It, it does not happen. And it also doesn't happen because you get a few people show you here and there. It really doesn't. It's, it's a very, very continuous effort. That makes complete sense and you are right. It is a lot of hard work and lots of dedication. And you mentioned earlier with your Instagram in particular, in particular, you had your call to action in the bio, which is also something that Greta definitely recommends through the Start and Scale course. How many email subscribers were you able to actually successfully gain? Yeah, so I had almost a 1,000 by the time I launched and I found that my email list did better than anything any other thing that I had done in the beginning, meaning big influencers PR, my email list generated probably 80% of my sales. And all that happened is, you know, we we made a um, landing page that was quite curious. It gave out enough, but not too much. 
Um, and I just found people were just signing up. It, I didn't I didn't have too much difficulty with it. Um, and we, we made it really nice. Of course, you make everything nice. Um, my sister does all the branding, so she makes everything really nice and everything does have to be on point. Um, I think some people really struggle with that and I'm lucky enough my sister, she's she's so talented with all that stuff. She makes everything look so beautiful. I think that's incredible. And having a landing page is really important, especially if you are doing a pre-launch or getting hype for that. And I think having a thousand email subscribers is incredible. And I know you had quite the successful launch. Do you want to share how successful your launch was? Yeah. Oh God, it was some time ago now, but I can't think of it all off the top of my head, but yeah, sure. I'll try. Um, I think in the first, you know, 24 hours to 48 hours, we had generated um, nearly $9,000 in sales. So that was quite good. And then for the rest of the week, we kept, you know, having influences and everything else. So I think we finished off on, you know, 19 grand for that week, which was amazing. It was better than I thought it would do. So that, but again, it was all a lot of hard work. It it didn't just happen. Yeah, no. Which I think some people think, I feel like I'm extra transparent because I felt when I was researching everything, a lot of people I'd listened to weren't fully transparent in what they did or how they came about it. There's a lot of people with so many questions and people doubting themselves. So I try and be as transparent as I can be. I think that's a great value to have. And everyone listening really appreciates the transparency because at the end of the day, they're listening for a reason and they're learning from your journey, which is incredible. 19K in one week is such a story. And how have you managed to, I guess, progress in your business and really start to scale? Have you adopted ads? Um, yes, yeah, so we just started, I was running ads myself and then the um, iOS uh, change came in and I found a bit of difficulty. So I have just sourced an agency, which I have just started with. We're really excited about that. We're only in the beginning stages, so I don't have, I don't know yet how it's all doing because we're only like two weeks in, I think. So now we started with an ad agency to really help us try and scale the best we can. So we're really excited about that. And another thing I should mention, it's never just one thing. I think a lot of people think, oh, you know, the PR or the the ads or this, you really have to do everything, everything. It, Like I said, it's the same with the influencers. Everything you do, it's such a collective effort to bring awareness to the brand, to get that growth. It's a well-oiled machine at the end of the day and everything works together hand in hand. And how has the response been since you've launched your five products to these five products? Is there one that is just flying off the shelves? Is it the mask in particular? No, it's actually at the moment it's the lotion. Um, I actually find we get a lot of coverage on this. People love a good moisturiser. And to be honest, if you look at the ingredients, the lineup is absolutely amazing. I think just this week we were featured in the Daily Mail and News.com, actually, and today Pop Sugar for our lotion alone. So people really love the lotion. There's a lot of awareness about the lotion over the other products at the moment. So we're really, uh, I think, yeah, we're selling through them really fast. Wow. And like congratulations on all those major publishings because that would also really help in turn to drive traffic back to your store. It definitely does. Um, It really does. But it also comes back to making a quality product because you can do all the PR you want, but if your product is not quality, you won't be featured. Um, 
Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of work. Everything's so collective. It's not like you get, a, you know, this or that and, oh, wow, you really have to put so much effort into everything. And it's definitely a great lesson to give others that are listening as well. But, you know, it's hard work, determination and finding something you're passionate about, which obviously you have done and you've created. What do you feel like are the next steps for the Booty Code? Do you have any real goals that you're really trying to push this year? I think I'm really just going with the flow. Um, As I mentioned before, I'm pregnant at the moment. So there was a good 15 weeks there that I had no motivation. I was so sick. I was so sick. So we sort of just left things stagnant for a while, but now we're we're jumping back on the bandwagon. We're picking everything back up. We've been approached by some big retailers, which is very interesting. Um, so hoping we will get our product into some stores sometime soon. Uh, that's also all a lot of work. A lot of stuff goes on behind the scenes to get that organised. Yeah, I, I guess I'm just really going with the flow at the moment. I think it's a great kind of attitude to have, especially being a busy mum yourself. Would you give any tips about, you know, you have, this is going to be your fourth child, how you've managed to really just become such an inspiration to those that will probably be listening to this to juggle being a mum, creating five different products and launching and being so successful? What advice would you give? Um, I don't know if I really have advice because it's really hard. It's not easy. I have nothing, but... um, if I could hire someone, I would to look to help me with the house cleaning. Stuff gets put behind all the time. You know, your laundry's full of washing, or you know, you've got to you haven't back in the house in a few days. So things constantly um, are behind. I think just having a good support network. I have a very supportive partner. He's an amazing dad. He's so good with the kids. Um, if I need him, he sort of he would do anything. He's he's great with cleaning, everything, everything. So he's sort of my secret weapon, I guess, besides my sister and her branding, he is uh, as well. <laughs> so, yeah, it's the support. It really is the support behind it. Yeah, and I was about to say it's something kind of behind the scenes that really it's a whole network that really goes together. And you mentioned briefly a team. How have you managed to, I guess, scale? Because it started with just you. How are you going, getting all these orders out, doing the processes? Have you scaled a team in order to meet these? Um, not necessarily. So like I said, I, um, I've now hired ads people for marketing. I have a PR agent. I guess you could consider them my team. My sister, she does all the branding. Everything you see on our Instagram, she does do. But besides that, she does a multitude of other things that she's constantly doing. My partner, he's, you know, finance and the best dad in the world. Other than that, it's me getting everything out pretty much. I'm sort of like the brains behind it and then my sister's the design, my partner's the finance, and then I've got my PR and my ads people. So in this modern world, it's really great that you can outsource people to do particular jobs and you don't have to be in an office or you don't have to have everyone there. And it's really good. And I also have SEO people actually. <laughs> and then I have and then I have to, you know, obviously always get web developers and stuff like that to implement things for me. So it yeah, so I mean, while I don't have anyone specifically working for me. We do have, I guess, a team. Incredible. And I think that's great because now with freelancers and everything like that, it is able to, you know, scale and grow 
from a team that's not directly working with you or you do have those particular people like your sister and your husband, which is great. Since your amazing, incredible launch, how have you gone with the trajectory of your business in terms of revenue growth? Yeah, we've been doing really well. I I always feel uncomfortable talking about numbers. Um, We're growing significantly each month and that's sort of a a self-generated thing. Um, the more awareness there, there is, I find, the easier the growth is. Um, yeah, like I said, it's really just getting people to trust your product, trust you, word of mouth. But, yeah, each month we're, we're really hitting targets and we're getting out there, especially with the coverage we get. Usually when we get coverage, we bring in enormous amounts of sales. So that's been really good as well. It's been really helpful. And I think it's great that you do have all these goals for the future and you are growing and you're getting more coverage. And I think that's really incredible. And working towards wrapping up, what do you feel from our learnings throughout the Start and Scale course? What's one of the things that you've really kind of stuck with and just helped you kind of succeed in your business? Um, I guess it was really just creating a community and making sure I had that landing page. They were the biggest winners overall. Besides making sure your product is really good, again, you have you really have to have a UVP. You really have to know how you're going to market it. Um, then you need a strong point of difference. You really do. You need to, I mean, there's, there's so much skincare out there for your face and everything else. I think if you come in with something that's unique and different, um, that has integrity. I, I do often see small businesses start up and they don't really have a clear direction on their own products as it is. And that takes time too. That really takes time to understand how you're going to portray your message. So I took that away. But yeah, community and building a landing page were the biggest winners overall. I definitely see that consistency throughout the community group as well. A lot of people find value in that. And I think, as you mentioned earlier, when talking about Instagram, creating those communities and having that authentic approach and being so genuine definitely can help build a business. And it's great to see that it's worked so well for you and the Booty Co. Yeah. So often I actually, to add on, I do see people that feel quite stuck in what they're doing. But one thing I can say, no matter what your budget is, it's always about the consistency and hard work. You, it, it takes such a long time. People sort of launch an Instagram and are like, oh, why, why, how come this isn't working? What am I doing wrong? Yeah, it's, you really have to put in the work. It's the work. And if you're not passionate about your product, it's not going to work for you because you need to get up every day and think about that and really work on that. And it's not a part-time job. Your mind's constantly going about it, like what you can do next, how you can fix this, how you can fix that. Um, Yeah, everything. Like I said, if I can just give anyone advice, it would be everything's such a big collective effort. It's not one thing or the other. It is your product. It's your influences. It's your coverage. It's your small influences, your branding, everything. It's not just one thing. I wish I could say, you know, this one thing was the magic trick, but nothing is. And I just felt whenever I listen to podcasts, I find a lot of people aren't very open about giving that advice. So, or they try and not hide things. I feel that they just don't say where their success has really been 
or that it takes a bit of everything. They sort of try and put it behind one thing. It takes everything. Yeah, no, and I appreciate the transparency and I'm sure a lot of people listening will as well because at the end of the day, that's how you grow and that's how you learn is through other people's mistakes and other people's wins at the end of the day. So working towards probably wrapping up now, I would love to know where you see the Booty Co going towards the end of the year or next year. Do you have any other products in line? You mentioned retail. Uh, yes, yeah, so we don't have any um, products as such um, in the works just yet because I do want, I actually, in my mind, I have a product, but I don't have it in the works because I feel we still need more, the money needs to go in more growth at the moment. Um, again, because it costs a lot of money to make a product. It really does. And, yeah, I do see us in stores. We have now... Um, been accepted for a big retailer in the US, which is really exciting because the US market is something we really wanted to get into because we felt our product was the right fit. So hopefully, you know, it, it, near the end of the year, we'll see our product in the US. Um, and yeah, we'll see what happens here in Australia. But right now we're doing pretty good with our own sort of sales that we're okay with it. Wow. The US market would be huge. And I'm so excited to, you know, hopefully catch up with you in the future and speak again about the US and how you're going in retails, because it's such an incredible feat. And I definitely think you're one to watch out for. The Booty Co is definitely popping up everywhere on on my feed in particular. Because some days you're like, I wonder, you know, anyone sees this, is all the effort, you know, going to waste? It's hard. Like you constantly second guess yourself. It's sort of, you go through these dips like, oh, you know, is it working? Um, It's slow. It's slow. There's always doubt. There's a lot of doubt along the way. So it's not all, you know, roses out there. It really isn't. It's not. Like if you see someone's success, it, it's taken a long time. Like I said, my journey is years upon years, even to be at the launch point, um, which is important for people to know. I definitely agree with you there. And, you know, it's definitely worth it. All the hard work and all the long waits is is definitely worth it as well. And I think it's a real testament to you and your your nature and your great dedication to your brand. So, I just really want to thank you for sitting down, Kirsty, and talking to me today about your business, The Booty Co. And I'm honestly excited to catch up again with you hopefully soon and speak again. Yes, we'll have to catch up again. Hey, guys, we hope you're loving From Zero to Founder and you're getting a ton of value from it. If you want access to the exact free training that led today's founder to where they are now, head to founder.com slash course training or follow the link in the show notes. 